Hello, future Lakers. Welcome to a brand new start. I'm your host, Kyle Anderson, graduate and post-degree student recruitment officer at Nipissing University. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the PhD in Educational Sustainability program with current PhD candidate, Jeff Thornborough. We'll talk about their coursework, classmates, supervising professor, and more. We'll also discuss Jeff's research project, titled Exploring Attachment Bonds Between Teachers and Kindergarten Students, a Creative Appreciative Inquiry. So wherever you're listening from today, whether it's while working, relaxing, or grading, I hope you enjoy. Please welcome to the podcast, Jeff Thornborough. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. How's your summer been so far uh, in North Bay? I know we get some beautiful seasons here. Summer your favorite or is there another one you prefer? No, summer is absolutely my favorite. Uh, I, but I'm, I'm actually, I don't live in North Bay. So, oh, no. Okay. So I, I, uh, I visit here once or twice a week <laughs> to, oh, great. to come to campus. But um, no, I live uh, about an hour away from here. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So, but still up north and all the beautiful nature and everything? Just not as north. Yeah. As not yeah, as north. A little okay. bit further south. Yeah. Great. So uh, that's a pretty good segue. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your academic journey before we get into the PhD? Maybe you can tell us a bit about where you went to school before that and how you ended up in Nipissing. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, this could take up like your whole po- podcast, right? Like, uh, oh, that's nice. um, so I grew up in Sundridge, which is, and I live there still. Oh, great. Um, yeah. and, uh, was born and raised there. And, um, so went to Almagwin Highlands. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I guess my journey towards my PhD, it's, I, I pretty much probably took the longest way <laughs> to get to a PhD as anyone could. So, um, you know, schooling wasn't uh really prioritized to my family i grew up in a blue collar home um n- none of my family members went to college or university so first generation um, yeah, student, yeah yeah and um so it was uh, you know going through high school i didn't really uh didn't prioritize my studies so like i wasn't a star <laughs> student at all i can relate um, <laughs> and uh so honestly i mean i was just uh in high school buying my time uh to finish high school so I'd be old enough to go get a job right, right and yeah. uh um and then uh one day like uh in my mom's sewing room I remember this day like so well um she she looked at me and and said have you thought about college and honestly it, up until then I was like 17 years old never Nothing, put two thoughts eh? into wow. it and um so uh even just thinking that that was an option was kind of like a little bit exciting for me because yeah, it just absolutely. wasn't part of our narrative like growing up, right? No, no, yeah. So, but by that time, I mean, like I said, I wasn't a very star- big student yeah. uh, at El And so um, I went the college route and uh, did a diploma at Canador um, and got hired at a residential uh, treatment center for youth awesome. with um, mental health, uh, struggling with mental health issues um, right out of college. And, uh, it, like I, that was where I just knew, like, yeah. I was going to help people. I was going to, I was going to go down this road and, and, um, and as I was working there, you just kind of absorb uh, like, uh, different pathways. You start learning about new ways that you can contribute to the field, contribute to, uh, to society. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, from there I went, uh, I recognized that in order to advance my career and to help more people, uh, I needed to go back to school and get a mm-hmm. degree. 
So uh, I went to Carleton uh, mm-hmm. in Ottawa first and got a BA, a Bachelor of Arts in Sociology and Anthropology. Um, I mired in history there too. I'm kind of like right. a little bit of history buff. Not, I majored in history, so that's yeah, great. Good to well, hear. <laughs> yeah, so like, I mean, not uh, not a, a big history buff, obviously, because yeah. I didn't major in it, no. but uh, buff enough that I mired in it. Yeah. And um, so I did that degree and uh, was working in various group homes throughout while I was, I was obtaining that degree. Um, and once I graduated uh, with that BA, I came back to um, the Nipsing area, so back mm-hmm. to Sundridge, and uh, started working at a, a local transmental health agency here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, again, it was just, you know, my my whole mentality was always like, how do I help more people? Mm-hmm. Um, so how can I, I impact positively more lives? And so recognizing that, um, you know, I still had a lot of uh, uh, room to grow. I went mm-hmm. back and got my bachelor of social work degree from University of Manitoba. Okay. That was through distance ed mm-hmm. and uh, completed that while um, getting married and having kids <laughs> and wow. and um, uh, and working full time. I'm sure then, that'll be relatable to many listeners for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, you know, I'll talk about this around the PhD part, but it's um, it's it's nice to be. Uh, be doing um, this high level of, of education, but still being able to feel like I can still be a family yeah, person yeah. And, and, and contribute to the home and things like that. So it's good. Um, yeah. So anyways, I, I went back and, and got my master's of social work and, um, and it was during that time, it's a specialization in leadership from uh, Calgary, University of Calgary. And during that time, it was the first time I actually started entertaining the idea of, of um, pursuing a, a, a more academic um, role. So, to you know, as a social worker, you just want to help people. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, it was a way to kind of see helping people through research as opposed to helping people directly. Right. Um, and so uh, it was a really cool kind of idea around... Uh, you know, I could impact people that I'll, I'll never, ever meet uh, through research. Mm-hmm. And um, and I thought that was a really neat thing to do, right? <laughs> so as soon as I, I completed my master's, I knew right away I was going to go into my PhD. And by that time, I was really um, uh, settled and, and my roots were quite um, stuck here in Sundridge <laughs> and in North Bay. And so it... Um, that was one reason why I chose Nipissing to get my PhD. That's great. Wow, that's a lot to go off of. I told you. Be yeah, like no, a, that's like, great. That, that's your podcast. Okay, have a good night. Yeah, now. good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, no. That was great, though. Um, it's a perfect segue to fast forward um, now into the PhD. Uh, before we get into your actual research project, for those listening, you might be thinking about applying. Um, a lot of it is done online, um, your actual coursework, working on your research, but it does start with a residency in July where you actually come to campus, uh, meet some of your classmates and professors before the fall. Uh, so do you want to tell us a little bit about um, the July residency when you first started the program, what that experience was like meeting people and just getting your feet wet in the program? Yeah, um, I, I really think it's a highlight of the program, honestly. Like okay. it... it uh... <laughs> Doing a PhD can can feel um, a little bit lonely at times, but mm-hmm. you know when you're when you're doing um, coursework online and and your um, your topic 
for your research is so specific to mm-hmm. your own interests that it, yeah, it, it, it can uh, make you feel a little bit isolated. And so the residency is a way to break through that and it does it so well, right? I mean, you're able to connect with your cohort uh, and you're there working with them, you know, essentially nine to five all <laughs> yeah. month long. And, and um, so you get to know them really well and, and uh, not just your cohort, but, you know, Nipissing does a really great job of, of getting you to, um, to meet and to feel comfortable talking with faculty here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did a, a meet and greet night where a lot of the faculty came out, uh, talk about similar in, uh, research interests. Um, and uh, yeah, you meet, you get a lot of connections through that residency. It's, yeah, it was great. And at that time, had you met your research supervisor or knew who they were going to be? No. Uh, no, no, not yet. Okay. I mean, okay, so uh, my research supervisor, what ended up being uh, one of the instructors of the residency. Okay, great. But at that time, you don't know, you right? Don't know. I mean, um, it really is just this exploratory time where you're you're weighing your options, you're considering who would be the best fit for your supervisor. And yep. so... Um, you don't really know, no. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about who your supervisor is, what your relationship is like with them? Yeah. Um, so my research supervisor is Dr. Douglas Goss. And um, uh, the way that, that we came to uh, uh, come together for my research um, was a little bit of a roundabout way too, uh, in that. So he was my, my, um, uh, one of my profs for the first residency. And, uh, one day we were talking about just general interests and, you know, I'm kind of a, a comic book nerd. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and so we were, we were just talking about various interests. And I said that, you know, I used to read a lot of comics when I was a kid and that was the only way my mom could get me to read. Actually, I, I wouldn't uh, read anything, but, but comics. And so, so he said, did you ever think about using comics in your PhD? And I thought, no, yeah, what, <laughs> I mean, isn't a PhD about like, uh, you know, crunching numbers yeah. and data and having like a thousand participants and this grandiose kind yeah. of thing. And, and, and um, so that kind of just sparked conversations between Doug and I, and he has a background in, in arts uh, based research. And mm-hmm. um, so we, we talked a little bit more and, and it just, the, the fit was there, right. That he was a, a very, he is a very caring um mm-hmm. Uh, professor and, and um, research supervisor, and and he just wants to help kind of guide uh, people to do their best research. And for me, it it just made a lot of sense um, that part of that research involves something that I was, I've always been passionate about, which is comics. So, right, that's awesome. That's, yeah. I had no idea the comics were involved. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I had one history professor I I did get super close with, and we connected on hockey and the Big Lebowski. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. two of our favorite dude. movies. So yeah, yeah, the dude abides. Yeah, so yeah. we, uh, yeah, that's how we connected. Um, so your research project it's titled "Exploring Attachment Bonds Between Teachers and Kindergarten Students: A Creative Appreciative Inquiry." Yeah. Uh, do you want to just tell us a little bit about what that project's about? You mentioned the comics, but uh, maybe you know more in depth. Yeah. Uh, what's it about? Yeah, so the the comics is the creative piece, mm-hmm. right? And um, 
So my professional background is a therapist, uh, uh, and specifically with children and youth. And so um, a lot of my work was done in the school system. And so I would go and, and help uh, teachers um, with students that presented uh, with behavioral issues, right? Mm-hmm. In, and so like, uh, that's how, like face value, they were just tough kids, challenging kids to work with. Uh, and so it was my job to help lessen those issues. And, and to um, so there's a lot of, um, you know, psychoeducational components with the teaching, the teaching team and stuff. And, and I just recognized um, through my time there that um, a lot of it had to do with connection and, and uh, you know, a, a more accurate term would be attachment bonds, right? Mm-hmm. So how are the the students uh, feeling safe and cared for um, when they're not with their primary caregiver, with okay. mom, with dad, with grandma, with grandpa, with uh, adoptive mama, you know, whoever yeah. is their primary caregiver right. um, is the one that, that is making them feel safe and secure. Mm-hmm. But at age three, yeah. four years four. old, we're, we're, we're not only asking, we're essentially telling and, and, and uh, moving these kids away from those primary caregivers mm-hmm. and wanting them to still feel safe and cared for. Right. And so for me, that was a huge interest, right? Uh, how are we doing that? And are we doing that uh, in the best way possible? Right. And so my research it, um, has to do with seeing kids um, moving f- uh, away from um, that primary caregiver and into the school system um, and seeing how teachers and um early childhood educators are able to form those attachment bonds. Right. That sounds great. And is there any way that, or is there anything you've learned uh, throughout the project or ways it's changed over time? I know maybe you had a set idea, um, but has it changed over time? Kind of the direction or like from when I first started. Yeah. From when PhD? you first started to now. Yeah. Just oh, yeah, huge. ways it's evolved. I, like, yeah. I mean, I, I always had that idea, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even as a practitioner, I, I was interested in how are, how are the teachers and, and education staff able to do that? I mean, it's such right. a um, it's such a tall order it to is. ask. On of, top of lesson planning and other things, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. You're also a caregiver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are also a caregiver, caregiver for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so we're asking this of these kids. We're asking this of these teachers. And so it's always been a real kind of interest of mine how they're able to do it and do it so well most of the time. Oh, yeah. And so um, the appreciative inquiry is one of the changes that came from the beginning of my Ph.D. Because, um, you know, a lot of research, even to this day, is is relatively deficit based. Yeah. We're looking at gaps, limitations. Right. Uh, what what's not working well? But an appreciative inquiry is is kind of flipping that on its head. What are these teachers and, and early childhood educators doing that is allowing that attachment to form with these very young kids? Wow. Um, and so that was a, a big shift for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, theoretically, my, uh, what the residency does and what the courses do is is um, really hone in your project and your, your topic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I mentioned when I was talking with Doug, I thought a PhD was this yeah. this massive, huge uh, project, and uh, uh, I'll probably you know butcher this this <laughs> analogy, but you know every journey starts with a single step. Well, this is the step, right? That yeah. starts this what will ultimately be a 
a lifelong career for me and, mm-hmm. and, and topic of, of uh, interest in my research. Um, and so I needed to find a way to, to focus in on um, how we're going to highlight some of the amazing things that some teachers do in order to, um, uh, to build those attachment bonds in kids. So it really narrowed down my scope. Yep. Um, and allowed me to, to recognize that that's where I wanted to focus. I want to focus on the good things that, do, that they're doing. Wow, that's great. And can you tell us a bit about just what your resources have been? Are you actually speaking to some of these teachers or families or is it mostly, um, you know, uh, written work or resources or yeah? Yeah, well, um, I mean, up to this point, uh, there, uh, a PhD, there's a lot of front end work, right? right yeah. So. So uh, a lot of time spent in the library, and yeah. I mean uh, in the library physically, but yeah, also yeah. on on uh, the computer, yep. in the e-library. Yeah. I mean, it's just constant, right? And then um, over and above that, the main resources that I've been utilizing is, um, you know, our, our information technology uh, people are probably sick of of hearing from me because I'm <laughs> I'm asking them, you know, can I do this? Can I do that? And yeah. um, so that piece, and then um, really connecting with uh, my research committee and and uh, supervisor, they've been big helps and in, mm-hmm. in that kind of thing. So in terms of of speaking to the actual participants, mm-hmm. uh, that's in the works. Yeah, but I'm at the stage right now in my in my PhD journey where uh, I'm. I'm right there, but haven't got there yet. So, yeah. uh, you know, there are multiple stages in uh, obtaining a PhD. And so ethics has been approved and, and mm-hmm. proposal has been approved by my committee. So, but it's a, a, a public school based research topic mm-hmm. and it's the summer. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, it'll, it'll come, it'll yeah. uh, uh, well, come pretty quickly come September. But right. yeah. yeah, everyone's on vacation right now. Yeah, that's yeah, right. So yeah. it's to come back. Last question, just about your PhD, and we'll jump into some some fun rapid fire questions. Sure. Yeah. Uh, are there any conferences or anything you've done, or any other opportunities? Maybe networking. Anything else that you know the PhD's opened up for you? Opportunities it's given you so far. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've done uh, quite a few conferences. Uh, I'm going to one in in Nashville uh, oh, wow. come Jealous. October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, and that's that has to do with. Uh, my PhD and, and, uh, particularly, and maybe I didn't do it this justice in an earlier question that you asked, but the comics piece has, uh, it's kind of embedded throughout the, um, the dissertation. And one of the things is consent. And so when we're thinking about, uh, how we, um, are able to inform, uh, these three-year-olds, four-year-olds that they are engaging in research, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we don't know a whole lot about how to do that well yet. And so one of the things that I'm doing is using a comic uh, in order to describe what um, the kids will uh, or can expect when they say yes to this research. And so I'll be promoting that and, and um, discussing that in my presentation in Nashville. Um, But ultimately the PhD uh, offers a lot of opportunities to, uh, to get yourself out there and get your message across. Right. right. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, uh, written a book chapter with my, um, with my research, uh, supervisor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be published, I think come February. And then 
yeah, presented last year to uh, the Canadian Association of Graduate Studies. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. just off off top of my head, those are the ones I'm thinking and of. There'll but, be more to come, I'm sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 No, so that's awesome. That's great. Uh, so we'll slide into those rapid fire questions now. Um, you can keep these ones a little shorter if you want. Okay. Uh, first one uh, seems to be, I mean, it seems to be a good question since you're you're right in the middle of your PhD. How do you relax and take a break from studying? What are some things you do when you uh, you need need to relax, take a break? Yeah. Uh, Maybe read comics. How many people? Yeah. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't get to read as many comics yeah, as, a, as I'd like to anymore because I'm always reading academic journals. Right. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, you know, I, I think uh, as a social worker background, like I always think about um, self care, and so mm-hmm. so exercise and working out is yeah. a big one. Um, but over and above that, you know, so work out every day, but um, every night spend time with the family and yeah. uh, whether that's watching, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi or, nice, yeah. <laughs> or um, you know, some sort of Star Wars geeky yeah. thing, then, uh, you know, that's what we'll do. Great. Uh, do you have a favorite spot on campus, inside or out, or both? Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, outside, uh, I would say... Um, you know, the trails are awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, great. yeah, like right in the backyard of campus. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't say enough about them. It's yeah. so, so awesome to just take a, a walk down there. And then, uh, inside, um, am I allowed to say Tim Hortons? Cause yeah, <laughs> like, no, yeah. every, every time I, I know I grad students it. are always caffeinated. Yeah, They're always right. getting multiple coffees a day. Oh so, yeah. 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 <laughs> All, yeah. It's, it's what keeps you going. Yeah. But. No, that's a totally fair. It's yeah. a good Canadian answer too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you have uh, is there any other students in your program? Do you know what their project titles are? Any ones that uh, you might want to share you find interesting? Um, I mean, honestly, this PhD program is so eclectic, right? There's mm-hmm. so many different ones, um, which is, you know, kind of a neat thing about mm-hmm. this uh, program that, uh, you know, I'm a social worker in this uh, program. So looking at, at uh, attachment bonds with with kids is something very unique that other cohort members uh, weren't looking at. But uh, off the top of my head, I mean, there was uh, one about Indigenous teachings. There's... Mm-hmm one about uh, existentialism and uh, that was a autoethnography. I I mean, I wish I could name just one, but there's so many cool ones that are coming out. No. Yeah. And the, and the good, the the main point is for those listening. I mean, the world's your oyster. I mean, you did comic books. Look at that. Didn't even know. Right. So whatever you're thinking of now, you just, you know, apply to the program, get here for the July residency and you'll round out what that topic is, what your project will be. So you just need an idea and it can go from there. So don't think you need your whole project mapped out from start to finish. Yeah, it's very true. And, and you're well supported in doing mm-hmm. it too, yeah, right? right? Like uh, I can't say enough about how you, you're just able to, to kind of let those ideas flow from you. And then, you, you know, you're wrapped around with people who, who can say, you know, maybe take it this way, take it that way. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's really great. Great. This will be the last question. What's one piece of advice that you'd give a future graduate or a PhD student uh, to be successful in nursing? Okay. Well, I guess my first advice would be, uh, don't hesitate. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you're thinking about it, just do it. Nice. Like, uh, there's no reason to, from my perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and again, um, I have live, live a very busy life, mm-hmm. but, um, but there's, 
if you're thinking about it, then just do it. And then when you're actually in it, um, is uh, being open to uh, to people's thoughts, ideas, directions, um, being willing to to learn from others. Yeah. Great. That's a great answer. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. That was great. Um, yeah, it was co- fun. Yeah, you fun. covered yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was awesome. I feel we learned a lot about the program, a lot about yourself. Um, so thank you so much for doing this. Uh, we'll be back with another episode of A Brand New Start. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Cool. Thank you again to our guest, Jeff Thornborough, for joining us to talk about the PhD in Educational Sustainability Program. If you would like more information about Nipissing's post-degree programs, please email us anytime at nuinfo at or sign up for our mailing list on our website, nipissingu.ca slash futurestudents. Special thanks to Kayla Newton, Associate Registrar of Recruitment at Nipissing University, for making this podcast possible, and our producer Chris Pikarski, who makes the audio magic happen. Intro and outro music for the podcast is courtesy of Club Silencio. You can find their latest work on Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, or wherever you stream your music. I'm Kyle Anderson. Until next time, thank you for listening to A Brand New Start.